this is Pod With Me. On this episode, we have legendary circuit performance artist and DJ Power Infinity. Power is world known for his outrageous costumes, choreographed dance moves, and just like the hit series Pose on Netflix, Dale was a barroom competitor, part of a couple houses, like the House of Infinity, which is how Power Infinity was born. And now you can watch him on the world's most popular live game TV show, It's Happening Out. Life has changed before our very own eyes due to the coronavirus. And of course, I want Power to take us back to the magical era of South Beach. And I'm actually gonna dare to ask about her rival, Elaine Lancaster. Get ready, cause the pod starts now. If somebody can dismiss and excuse and defend Trump's history, then either you're living in a paper cup list, you're a complete idiot, or you too are a racist and bigot as well. Let's go. Roll sound. This is Alex J. Aguiar, and you're listening to Pod with me. Power Infinity. How are you? AKA Dale Wils H. Wilson, right? On Facebook, but we don't we don't need to go into my government name. Oh, we don't go into the government name. That's only for friends. Alright. Let's let's uh, I'll bleep no, it out. I'll bleep it out. out. <laughs> I want everybody to know when they see Dale H. Wilson on Facebook, that's Power Infinity. That's me. That's Power. All right. Awesome. All right. All right, Power. So how are you doing? How's everything? How are you dealing with being cooped up at home? Um. Well, actually, surprisingly enough, I'm I'm doing quite well. I live out in the country <laughs> in Lakeland, Florida, so it doesn't really feel too much like I'm cooped up. Um, because we have a bit of land and, you know, we have a nice patio and I can go out into my yard and, um, you know, we feed the ducks in the morning and get some fresh air and get a little bit of exercise. And then, you know, we have our, our six cats and our, um, little doggy to keep us company. And so I'm doing pretty, pretty good. Actually, I had no idea you lived all the way over there. I thought you were in Fort Lauderdale. I know I I let people think I'm still in South Florida, um, mm-hmm. but, but I actually escaped to the um, quiet country living of Central Florida um, years ago. Yeah, so I'm in the middle of it all, I guess. I was uh, yesterday paranoid just to go out into Walgreens, and I hear someone sneezing in the other aisle, and it's just you know watching the news. It just messes with it messes with your head. Um, I, I started covering with my sweat. I had a little sweater on and I would cover my nose because I saw an article about um, explaining in detail how when someone sneezes in... Um, kind of like an aerosol? Yes, aerosol, that it is. I'm having um, masks made for myself and my husband because I don't want to try to order masks right now because I think that they're in short demand, they're in short supply, and our hospital workers are on the front line, so... Um, I'm having some masks actually made for me and my husband. That is great. It is something that, that is said to be um, airborne, as, as well as the fact that it can live on surfaces for a number of hours. One of the things that um, I, I have a, a talk show, um, it's happening out. One of my um, co-hosts on the talk show, um, his name is Ron Graneski, he 
was diagnosed with COVID-19. And um, he, um, <clears throat> he is right now fighting for his life in the hospital. He's in a medically induced coma. And wow. um, when I, of course, upon hearing this, I called the uh, health department and I inquired about getting um, a test, a coronavirus test for myself. One of the things they said was, uh, you know, I told them that I was with him um, a couple weeks ago when we were when we were filming our show, and um, I said he didn't cough my way. You know, he was coughing, but he mm. didn't cough my way. He, you know, coughed into his elbow and he turned his head. And I remember the um, the health official saying, "Well, um, well, that's good, but you know, I guess you are concerned because you know it was still in the air." So obviously that means that it is something that can be airborne. Correct. We have to be very, very careful with, you know, that's why they ask us to have this social distancing, to have that space, because they want a six foot um, gap between each person so that if it is airborne, you still won't be close enough to get it. Were you able to get the test? I was not able to get the test because mm. I don't fit the criteria. Mm -hmm. I have not experienced any severe symptoms as a matter of fact i actually feel um i actually feel like a rock star i feel very awesome. good awesome um, and it's been more than 14 days right or no? and no actually today is since i saw him today is day 12. okay since i last saw him and i have been keeping track good. Um, but of course they ask well you know just continue to monitor yourself or take your temperature which i don't need to take my temperature because i know i know what it feels like to have a temperature yeah. Uh, so I know my temperature is not raised, but, you know, continue to, you know, do the things you need to do as far as washing your hands and the daily sanitation, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, keep away from, you know, keep that six, that six foot distance. Um, you know, I, we take off our clothes whenever we come from outside, whenever mm -hmm. we come from our walk and we wash our clothes, um, we shower a lot more. Um, I actually made a joke the other day that I'm washing my hands so much now, I'm afraid I'm going to wash the black off them. <laughs> you know, it's just... <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're doing the things that we need to do to, to try to stay healthy. Who would have thought, even a month ago, that we were going to go through this? It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a movie. It's a movie. Yeah. Our Infinity, I adore you. I've seen you for years. In the years of salvation with Kitty wow. Mao, you both are rock stars. When I would see you up there, I was like, wow. Before there was Britney, before there was anybody, you guys invented all that. Oh, that's so kind, thank you. Yeah, it's true. I, I used to love watching both of you up there. Salvation years. Uh, the salvation so, years, the golden era. The golden era of South Beach. <laughs> We're lucky to have lived through and, and experienced that, right? Yes, yeah, we definitely are. Well, we, we called Salvation the world's only weekly circuit party. I don't know yep. if you remember that, that branding, but we called it the world's only weekly circuit party, and that's really what it was. I mean, that was before social media, before Grindr, before Facebook, before Twitter, before um, sex was so um, easily accessible um, right. at, the touch of a, at the touch of a button or, or, or at a text of a phone. Um, you actually... Those days, you actually had to go out if you wanted to get some dick. Correct. You had to actually <laughs> go out and meet people and intermingle and dance and be part of a community um, as opposed to staying at home, you know. So um, it was a lot busier then, you know. We, we interacted a lot more then. We danced a lot more then. We celebrated, 
each other a lot more then. And um, it, of course, Miami being such a transitional hub and such a busy um, place, um, we always had an influx of um, outsiders and um, visitors and tourists, you know. And so with this continual influx of um, new visitors to Miami and the South Beach scene, plus the Miami locals that live there, um, we used to call it the world's only weekly circuit party because it was literally like, you know, about a thousand and up, you know, two thousand people on the dance floor every single week. And that was where I really got my start. Um, that was where myself and Abel and yes, Kitty Meow and Mike Mazur and Nathan Judd. And then after that, uh, Hilton Woman, who of course we all know now as a huge super producer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's where we really um, had a home. That was our playground, you know, and there was nothing better than our little family, you know, um, and then at one point, Salvation went on tour, on world tour. So we called it Salvation at Large. And that's when I got to visit um, Brazil and um, uh, Argentina and, um, and Australia, you know, and tour the world with Salvation at, at, at Large. So it was definitely a highlight of my life and of my career. Some of the mm -hmm. best times of my life. At the time, I was a senior editor for Deco Drive. And Deco was so popular uh, at the time because of there was no YouTube, there was nothing. It was the only place to watch where to go and stuff. Tariq Alani, the trend tracker, who went to cover One Night Salvation when Bette Miller was there. Um, yes, yeah. I remember. I remember that so well. And and I, I had the honor of introducing her. Um, you know, a little funny behind-the-scenes story. You know, obviously, she's Bette Midler, the divine Miss M. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I believe it was for a winter party event. So she, um, I had to, to introduce her. And so I, I wrote out this big, then glorious, wonderful introduction. Which I have Bette on Midler. tape. Mm -hmm. You know, which of course, because it's Bette Midler, you know. And so I wrote out this introduction. And um, right before she went on stage, I went to her trailer. She had a trailer out, out back and I went to her trailer and I met her and I shook her hand and I, you know, said, this is such an honor. Thank you so much for doing this. So I'm going to say this. And I read the introduction to her. And she took that paper and she said, no, I don't think so. She crossed out almost every single line. And mm -hmm. she said, just say this. And basically, by the time she finished crossing out everything, she basically wanted me to just say, ladies and gentlemen, um, in, in celebration of the winter party, I introduce to you Bette Midler. That's it. Wow. She was so humble and so sweet, and she didn't want all the all the kind of glory and all that pomp and circumstance. She just wanted the simplest introduction. Basically, y'all, this is Bette Midler. Give it up, bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember, we had we had Cindy Lauper. That was a big yeah. Um, that was a big night. Um, and Cindy Lauper and I actually worked together two other times after that. Um, mm -hmm. so, so she became my my girlfriend. Um. We had, when we had Deborah Cox, I believe the first time that we had Deborah Cox, um, at that time she was, she had some more current hits. Mm -hmm. And um, that was another time that the media really came to, um, to salvation. Because um, yeah. she kind of transcended just the gay market. She was popular um, with the straight crowd as well. So we had a real big influx of gay and straight that night. And then of course, Bette Midler.
Mm-hmm. You know, those were the three biggest that I can remember. When and when you look back, when was it that you knew it was that that magic, that energy was over? Well, I mean, when they announced that they were going to um, close um, Salvation, that was um, really really devastating for us. And there was a period, there was a time. I don't know if most people even know this or remember this, but there was a time that um, Abel and I had a little bit of a falling out. The new owners, because Mike Mazer, who was the original owner of Salvation, he um, decided to sell Salvation and he sold it to some new owners. Um, part of that ownership was where Hilton Woman came in, but he Hilton wasn't like, I guess he was an investor. Um, I'm not really sure how much, how much his participation was in the investment of of the new ownership, but it, there was two primary new owners. And um, at one point, myself and Abel had a falling out with them. And that was right around the time that space opened up. Wow. So I left and Abel left. We both left together. Both of us left and we went to space. At that time, Louis, Louis, um, Louis Prigg was just opening space. Mm-hmm. And we got to see space from the ground up because wow. we were there before space opened. And I would see the countless hours that Lewis would put into the club, into the building of the club, and into the sound system. He was obsessed with that sound system. And I remember that they had an opening date that they mm-hmm. wanted to, um, to, to meet. They had a deadline they wanted to meet. And they basically worked 24-7, I believe, around the clock to open yeah. the club. So when space opened up, it opened up with me and Abel. Wow. Very proud to say. Wow, and very. now look how, how big and fabulous it is. But yes, we, it opened up with me and Abel. And um, Salvation, for the weeks that space was open, because space originally opened on Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was open other nights, but it really started with their Saturday nights being gay. Mm-hmm. And eventually they changed their Saturday nights to to more of a straight crowd, but it really started as a gay night. And for the nights, for the weeks that we were at space, Salvation was dead. Wow. And um, somehow or another, um, the new owners had wooed us back to um, Salvation. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say treated us a lot better. <laughs> Good. When we came back, and so when we came back, the crowd came back. But for those weeks that we were that we were gone, um, and we were left to space, the crowd followed us over to space, and I had never seen anything like it because it was the first time that the world's only weekly circuit party was dead for those few weeks. Wow. But it wow. Came I right mean, back. you guys were you guys were the heart of it. The 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 music from the music to the performing, and and you know, I how think. Can, yeah, I think it was. He dropped mean, the ball. Yeah, I think it was just a. I think it was too many elements that made salvation salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, and once people are used to a certain rhythm and a certain, you know, I, for example, I, I don't. People don't like change. Well, it was it was a, it was a bunch of different things. It was the the expectation of a brand new shiny club that everybody had been talking about for for months and months and months. Space. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that the the drama that actually Abel had left his resident club to come work at this fabulous new club that everybody was talking about being built. It was the fact that the performer that, that, that um, gave you your shows three times a night 
was also leaving. Um, it was, I think it was just all these combination of things that came together that really made space work mm-hmm. um, when it first started and, and made salvation um, falter for those few weeks. Because yeah. if it was just one of those components by itself, I don't think salvation would have had a problem because that's how strong salvation was. Yeah. And, and when you look back, what is it that you missed the most out of that time? Uh, I, what I missed the most out of that time is being able to work consistently with Abel and Kitty and Hilton. Yeah. I mean, to this day, you know, Hilton and Abel and I, um, you know, we don't work together as much as we used to, but we still have a strong, a strong bond when we do work together. We make a great team. Mm-hmm. We're a triple threat. Abel with the music, me with mm-hmm. the shows, and Hilton with the, with the production. And, um, but that used to be a weekly thing. And at the time, I, I took it for granted. You know, obviously things are always better in hindsight. You yeah. Know, the good times you always appreciate more in hindsight. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I realized how, how good I had it. But looking back, I appreciate it more. Just as right now, even at this moment, we realize, wow, when now there's no, no Saturday night to go dancing and there's nothing. <laughs> I think it's going to be a long process before we get back where people feel comfortable. Like it's going to be like a cold pool tipping the toes. It is. I mean, uh, first of all, I, I just posted on, on this on my, on my page today that, um, you know, I, I for one, I'm going to be very, um, be very hesitant about getting back out there right away because unless they have a vaccine. You know, um, what's the what's the point of saying that they're lifting these stay at home orders and mandates and trying to get everybody back out into the world if there is no vaccine or anything to protect us um, when we get back out there? I mean, the virus is could still be out there. And even though the numbers might might drop some, um, if there's no protection and you do get it, your chances of getting it might be less. But if you do get it, your chances of dying from it are still the same. That being said, I do think that once people do feel safe enough to venture out, I think that you're going to see one hell of a resurgence in businesses, in nightlife, in gatherings. I think that we've hit a, a reset button. I think this was an intervention from the universe. Yeah, I think so too. I, exactly. That's a great way to put it. I think we've hit a reset button. I think that... and to your first question as to why, um, as to how I'm doing, I think the reason that I'm doing pretty well and I'm not crawling the walls is because I have managed to really get back in touch with some of the things that have been simple blessings in my life that I probably have taken for granted. Mm-hmm. My, my faith and my walk with, with God, mm-hmm. my husband and our little fur babies, my home, um, the fresh air that I'm able to breathe when I go on my walks in the morning, um, the time that I'm spending, um, you know, on the phone with friends and in contact with friends. Um, so I think, and the appreciation that I have that I know that people are suffering and struggling through this and with this, and the fact that I'm healthy, you know, these are small blessings, but we don't realize how important they are until 
until we're in a situation like this. You know, it, and that's why it's an intervention from the universe, because it, it's making us look at these things that everyone, practically almost everybody forgets about. Now, power. Elaine Lancaster. Mm-hmm. How do you think she's holding up? Well, I don't really think about her at all. <laughs> I mean, personally, I don't really, you know, I don't really care so much. Um, I guess I'm, I'm hoping she's not dead. But no, not, yeah, uh, you know, other than other than the general respect that we should all have for human life, I can really be so bothered. Um. You know, I think <clears throat> Tramp. <laughs> I started seeing all these comments against her. Why do you think that is? It really started for Elaine with the masses during this whole Trump election. But for some of us that knew Elaine and have known Elaine since she washed up on our show shores in Miami Beach um, around 1996 or 1997, you know, we have we have known Elaine for what Elaine is long time ago. So every, what everybody else is now catching on to with Elaine, some of us old school girls already knew. What you now know, we done been known. Um, but for everybody else, I think right now their umbrage and their um, re revulsion when it comes to her is mainly due to her political standings. Um, and her political leanings, and her Trumpyism, and her Trumpanzi attitude. What do you think she is uh, for Trump? Well, she claims that she was a Democrat before, but I, I personally think that if you're somebody that can be a cheerleader for Trump, you are probably always that type of person on the inside. You probably always had that type of ideology and that type of um, that type of philosophy. And for me, it's it's Trump is not just somebody that I abhor um, as, as a politician. He's somebody that I abhor as a person. So for me, it's, it's personal because he's yeah. a, he is offensive to me as a gay black man. He's yeah. both racist and bigoted and doesn't give a damn about our community or anybody that's marginalized. So I feel that if somebody can dismiss and excuse and defend Trump's history of racism, his history with the LGBT community that his discrimination administration in which they have attempted to oppress and strip us of our rights, of our freedoms, of our um, dignities, of our equalities, and of our pursuit of happiness. If you can dismiss and defend all that, then either you're living in a paper cup bliss, you're a complete idiot, or you too are a racist and bigot as well. Self-hating being that you are a member of the LGBT community. Yeah. Um, so that is, I think, why other why people feel um, a certain kind of way toward her. Um, I, I will say something that's very surprising right here on this podcast, and that is for all the... Um, my issue with Elaine goes farther than just politics. Um, my issue with Elaine really stems from decades where we have we have a past we have a history um and at one point we got past that and we did become friendly 
I don't know if I would call us friends, but we certainly became friendly. Mm -hmm. And then Trump came along, and once again, we were at odds. Yeah. Elaine and I have not spoken. We've never actually spoken or had a debate um, about um, our political standings. Yeah. Um, she was smart enough when Trump came along to know what my position is and to know what it would be, and she immediately made sure to block me, which was probably the right thing for her to do. Because I always tell people that before you before you um, jump on my page and I have to mollywop the dog shit out of you verbally, <laughs> the best thing to do is to block me before, not after I've already verbally whooped your ass. So she did that, which is smart. But I will say one thing that's surprising. I do have to give her a modicum of respect for one thing. I have a lot of respect for somebody who can go through the fire of whatever backlash, of whatever scandal, of whatever um, suffrage that they go through for their beliefs, whether I agree with that belief or not. If yeah. you're the type of person that can say, I said what I said, and I stand by what I say, come hell or high water, I might not respect your opinion, and I might think you're dog shit. But I will respect you for your strength and for your 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 stand um, stamina on your principle. Yeah, yeah, that is something uh, uh, incredible because everything you know, she must have known that all the backlashes she was going to get when she was. Maybe she get. did. Maybe she really thought that everybody else was going to um, was going to think like her. And with her position and her status in our community, I believe that she thought that she could sway. Um, this entire community's thinking. She oh, was boy. sadly mistaken. Oh, yeah. And and, and she lost uh, gigs because of this, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Well, even with it, she messed with her work and everything. That's why sometimes, well, you have to hand it to her. You know, a lot of people say, leave politics out of it, but she stood up for it. Well, I don't, I, I you know, and here's, here, once again, people are going to be surprised at this. Here's where I will defend her. I don't, have to agree with something that somebody says, but I will fight to the death for your right to say it. And I'm a very outspoken person on a lot of topics. Everybody knows politically first and foremost. So I don't think it's, it's, it's fair for me to get to be able to be outspoken and her not to. The only difference between her and I is that, is that my political leanings just happen to be in, um, to be in accordance or to be uh, popular with our most of our LGBT community, right? Just happened to be, but if I if I had political beliefs and leanings that were not in sync, as you said, with our LGBT community, I too would be outspoken. I wouldn't give a damn. Yeah, I wouldn't give a damn. I would still say what because I'm the type of person that I'm going to say what I have to say, no matter who likes it or who don't. Yeah. If there was one message you had for Elaine Lancaster, is there anything you would tell her now? No. No? No. You said enough. How long have you been with your, with your partner? Oh, myself and my beautiful husband have been together now for 17 years. Oh, my goodness. How did you guys meet? Um, well, it was in 2003. Mm -hmm. And I had come up to Tampa to host a, um, a, an event in Tampa. And um, I actually met him at a party. It was kind of like an after party. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were introduced. Um, it was attraction at first sight. 
and we were introduced by a friend. And then after that party, um, my friends took me to a- another party, and he just happened to be at that other party too. Hmm. So we really just sat down and we shut the world out and we just talked and got into each other for the whole time that we were there. And um, that was where our love affair started. And 17 years later, we're still together. And it was automatic, huh? Just like the movies. It was. I mean, but it was a long courtship. Um, I had just got out of a relationship three months before and I was not looking for another relationship. Mm -hmm. So he was ready to get into a relationship before I was. I wanted to take it slow. So it was another three or four months that him and I just kind of dated. I wouldn't allow him to, to call us going steady, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that in the end, the fact that it took about three or four months of kind of like dating and courtship. Then after that, we decided to make it official where we were actually boyfriends. And then after that, it was three years of long distance relationship before I actually moved up wow. here. Wow to live with him because he always lived up there he is all yes he's always lived up here so um i think because we took our time in every step of our milestone and our journey together um i think that's what really helped build a foundation that was really strong and long lasting Mm -hmm. and um 17 years later it's funny because we in 17 years we have had disagreements we have but we have never actually had a fight We've never actually um, yelled at each other. We've never um, said curse words at each other in anger. Never. We are always playing jokes on each other. We're always laughing. Wow. We have made up our, our own language <laughs> in this house. I'm always <laughs> singing him funny songs, funny, stupid songs that I make up about him. <laughs> and we we are always laughing. It's funny because we're lovers, but... He's actually my best friend and um, somebody that I love to play pranks on. And it's just, it's really just a very comical and um, healthy relationship, just what's, full of love. What's what's the most funniest uh, prank you, you played on him? I don't know. Well, he's blonde. And so he's typical blonde, where it's just very easy for me to say, to trick him, you know, mm-hmm. like jump out at him when he's when he's not paying attention or tell him that something is happening when it's not really. And he just believes everything. Like, and I love that about Still, him. Still 17 years later? Yeah, he's, you know, he's blonde, <laughs> he's blonde and blue, blue-eyed. Beautiful story. And, and I never knew that about you. Look at that. Yeah. You learn something new every day. So, Power, if there's any message you want to tell the world out there, uh, anything you would want to say from your pure heart to everybody listening out there, what would it be? It would be, um, right now, we have a responsibility to each other. Um, Literally, the fate of the world is in our hands. And, um, you know, just sit tight, stay home, but just know that this too shall pass. We're going to get through this, but we need to do it together. And also, shout out to the people on the front line that are battling um, this disease and uh, that are our heroic and brave uh, healthcare workers. Let's plug uh, my show, Happening Out, um, happens every Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Um, right now, myself and some other hosts are not there. Uh, we're, we are self-isolating, but the show must go on and so it, it will. 
Um, so you can catch It's Happening Out every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Yes, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. And you can find out more about the show at their website, which is itshappeningout.com. Thank you, Power, for being on the show. And please stay safe. And just one more thing. Don't fall off the pod. That's a wrap. All right, everybody, go right now to your app store and search for Pod With Me. We have our very own app. You can also check us out on social media. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. And until next time, don't fall off the pod. Ready.